This is Swim Sign Podcast. I'm Mel Stewart, and joining me today is Coleman Hodges, Swim Sign Production Man on Deck, for all of your swimming needs. And today we have a very special guest, perhaps one of the best-looking photographers on deck at any swim meet anywhere on earth. Uh, Co-founder Tiffany Stewart's favorite person at Swim Swam, the Swim Swam's chief photographer, Jack Spitzer. What's up, my dudes? We want to get into, I, I, we did this with Coleman and we wanted to get into it with you because it's so, so interesting. It's kind of like, how did you become the chief photographer at swim swam how do you work with swim swam and i think that's an interesting story because it began years back with you taking taking images capturing images from the stands mm-hmm. Walk us through that tell tell us tell us the genesis of jack spitzer so, and, we'll, and then we'll get into your swim background because that's interesting too okay so back in 2016 i had mostly just done like home videos and shot my brother playing soccer and things, but I've swam for, I think, what is that? 13 years now, 14 years now. And in 2016, my sister made, um, the trials. And so we were there and it was way more spectacular than I thought it was going to be in a huge event. So I was like, ah, oh, I should have brought my camera. So I went and rented a camera from a camera shop nearby with a 600 millimeter long zoom lens, um, and just shot from the stands and was able to, during prelims when nobody was there, get up to the close, uh, down right near the deck, but not on deck, like as close as you can get, and nobody really cared. And I was able to shoot Phelps and Missy Franklin and all of all of them. Um, so that was kind of my first time shooting swimming itself. And then, so I took the pictures, edited them um, on my laptop at the meet, posted them, and everybody was like, whoa, these are actually kind of good. Um, and how that led into Swim Swam was, before that, I had always looked up to Mike Lewis and admired his all of his work and had always DM'd him, bugged the crap out of him on Instagram, got a few responses some here and there. Um, but then my sister and mom actually met him and sat next to him on the plane on the way to trials. Um, so that kind of got me to be introduced to him. But then what really, it really happened was when David Marsh became my coach at UCSD my sophomore year in 2017, he connected us and then I started working with Mike beside him and then and kind of just assisting him on various shoots, which was awesome. And I learned a lot. And then he kind of convinced, I think, I don't even know if he had to talk to you guys about it, but he had me shoot juniors in 2018 because he didn't like, I don't think you guys have a budget for it. Um, so that was a huge opportunity for me. I guess you guys seemed must've liked the, the shots. Um, and after that, I then shot in CAAs for you guys last year, and here we are, all the way in 2020. So, yeah, Mike, basically, Braden was, uh, came to me and said, you know what, we are not getting, because Swim Swam is about swimmers who are age groupers and juniors, and we start tracking people's success long before they ever get to the elite stage. And uh, he's like, we need that covered. And so we, we talked with Mike and Mike's like, well, look, I, we have somebody and he goes, I'm, I'm going to start working with them and super talented. 
And he was like, I, I, he was, I don't think you're ever going to meet somebody who works as hard. And that was really, that's, that's where it started. Cause we trusted him so much and we need to say this, Mike, it's, you know, we, we still run Mike Lewis images. Mike has graduated to USA swimming. I know USC swimming leadership saw his work. They like what he did and they brought him on. And also Mike wanted to be, um, Mike wanted to be embedded more with USA swimming. So it's something I think he's always wanted to evolve to. So we are the beneficiary of Mike's success at that level. And now we, we are with Jack. We have Jack Spitzer. No, Jack, no, Jack's got a great eye. Jack, Jack understands swimming you know, swimming, your, your blood is chlorinated and, uh, you know, tell, tell us the, the genesis of your swimming background. What, what is, what, when did you start? And, uh, you know, kind of, kind of give us an idea of how it all began. Uh, when I was, I think, seven, we were on the way back from a vacation in Vegas, maybe it was. Um, and my sister had practice, and we were dropping her off on the way back. And they were like, what? Well, it's hot. Why don't you just go go jump in? And I think I like, yelled at my parents. I was like, I don't want to swim. Swimming sucks. And went to practice. Loved it. And then my sister and I stayed on the same club team ever since really small team bluefins in Ranch Bernardo here where Tiffany's from. Um, long, lots of distance swimming, kind of old fashioned 10, 500s, three, like three times a week kind of thing. Um, and that, that was really all I knew. Um, and so then that led me to be able to swim at UCSD um, under three different head coaches, I think all of which I love um, and had a great time, improved a bunch. And now I'm still trying to keep swimming. Um, we have a, one of my teammates club teams is practicing. So I've been practicing a few times with them, not really knowing where that's going to lead. I was hoping to try to make trials, but um, if that happens, so I'll go for it, but we'll see. Coleman, I just want to say Jack is on the on the track to make Olympic trials, but that's not why Tiffany is, fa- is his favorite. I just see you pouting over there because I think you've been pouting ever since I said Jack. Hey, when you said favorite. that, I was I was like, damn. I, I, and I just want you to know, Tiffany loves Coleman, but Coleman's not from Rancho Bernardo, and that's Tiffany not, is. My wife, connection. she's co-founder. Of she, she, she's from Rancho Bernardo. They're from the same. You guys are from, like it's not just Zach, like San Diego. It's like you guys are from no. the same tiny little part neighborhood like you same didn't you grow up on like town. the same street or something yeah Aguamiel Road and Ranch Grotto. I think she was on Pomerado which is the one that adjacent to it but like same exact spot and we figured that out yeah I think that was at ISL or something she it was, it was crazy yeah I just want you to know this I I, went and I did we did the whole tour through her childhood and as we were driving through this this place I was like you basically lived in a fairyland you never suffered it's so you've nice. Been to, you've been to RV Mel? Mel yes, I have. Wow. Yes, I Welcome. Have. I'm glad you yeah, liked it. So just, just so, people. so people listening in, so we're not getting too far off the reservations, this is what we're going to be covering. A little bit about your swim, the fact that, yeah, you are, you're, you're, you're striving for Olympic trials, that you're connected to the sport, but also want to get into you know, your, your process and, and what you've done. You also recently have a, a cover on Swim Swam. And, uh, and I, uh, I, I wanted to get into that, but I did have to, we do have to say this. We have to give you a little background and color and everybody can give their own version of events. But my t- my time traveling with Jack and Coleman is this <laughs> U S nationals at Stanford and Coleman, I think Coleman booked our stay at the Airbnb and I, we always have a house 
We mm-hmm. showed up at our Airbnb. We had a house once. <laughs> yeah. We, we always we showed up at Airbnb. And I'm, I'm expecting a house. We have one bedroom and three beds. So I'm, in, I'm stuck in a room for a week with these two guys for a week. Three and beds and, and, is generous. <laughs> so I, so they, they were to mass. say we had three beds was like. There were two beds. One and it was mass. Mass. And yeah. I slept on the floor with a mat because I know you guys are doing the heavy lift. You're doing the work. What I quickly discovered was that the floor was the best bed. Uh-huh. And then Jack eventually got the floor. This is my version. This is my version. Jack eventually got the floor. And then I think he was working so hard he got sick. And he started snoring because his nasal capacity was all stuffed up. And he, I, could, I was like yelling at the top. I'm like, Jack, turn over. Jack, turn over. And, and I literally had to like push him over so he would stop snoring. That's what it's like rooming. With Jack Spitzer. Yep. Is that accurate, <laughs> Coleman? Very, very, <laughs> what are we journalistically accurate? Is that accurate? Um, yeah, I mean, I think to tell that story, A, Airbnbs in Palo Alto are not cheap. That is why we did not get a house because it was like $500 a night to book like a house. And, you know, that's not in Swim Swim's budget. Uh, and then B, uh, you know, from my perspective, what Jack's six four, Mel six, is four. six three, and I am five eight. <laughs> so, uh, so I got one of the beds because because Mel was like, "You guys take the beds," and I fit on the bed, and so the bed was great for me. But then uh, it turned they were small beds, uh, and so it turned out that um, yeah, the floor was the next best thing if you're above six feet. So um, I'm just grateful that I'm a small person. And I'm, I I'll, love that weekend. It was <laughs> a great no, go, weekend. Ahead, go ahead. You, you can give your version. I, it's, it's like, Jack, how, yeah. oh, I, I slept like a baby. <laughs> I slept like a baby. That was, he was snoring. <laughs> I can sleep anywhere. So that was fine. I was having so a great you, time. And, and part of the reason why you sleep like a baby is that, so people understand this. It's when you're going out there, you're doing all sessions. You start early in the morning. You got to get there early to, to square up, get your location and, and cause you've got to capture, you got to capture a certain, you got to capture a lot of names. Braden's blowing up your email and your text saying, I want this person with this person with this person. Yep. And um, so what's that process like? So if it's like a national championships or juniors, what, what do you do at prelims and what do you do, you know, throughout the day? Well, in prelims, my goal is always just to shoot as many people as I possibly can because in finals, there's, I don't know, way less people. Um, so prelims is the time to shoot anybody and everybody. So I'll usually, the last few meets, we kind of had some trouble with getting up close to by the blocks, but I'll usually start on one end of the pool by the blocks, shoot a start or two, and then kind of just sprint down the side, lay down as quickly as I can under the blocks, get the head-on shot, and then basically just do that again and run back to the start, maybe get some shots from the side. And... Um, just kind of try to get as many shots of people as I possibly can. And that's usually, at least in Palo Alto, it was probably like 90 degrees, direct sunlight. And that was probably like three or four hours. And then right after prelims, I'll go to the media area, get my computer and edit as many as I can to be put up on a vault or for articles on Swim Slam. And then maybe rest for an hour or two before finals. And then you, you've got to load it and put their names in and have all the information. Cause if you don't, Braden will lose his mind. At, yeah. That's the hardest part is logging 
every single shot. So putting the name in and then the description, that takes the majority of the time. And I have to also then search through my heat sheet to figure out who's who, but that's what makes the process run smooth. And that's why I like, I like shooting like the big names because I know who they are, but when I'm shooting smaller people, I like it because then usually, at least in my experience since shooting juniors, a lot of the people I shot there are now the big, big name swimmers. So we have a plethora of shots for them, which is good to have. The, the, the most important media asset I think at swim, at swim swam really is capturing young swimmers on the run up to, you know, really being elites. Yep. That's, that's, that's your morning. That's half your day. Yeah. Hold on. I want to, let me interject for 60 seconds. One quick note about that. You shot, you know, your first meet with us was 2018 juniors. We still, we use those pictures to this day because so many of those swimmers, Claire Curzan, Charlotte Hook, uh, you know, Jake McGahey, uh, Josh Matheny, you know, I'm just, just, just off the top, but there are so many up and coming juniors that are now, you know, starting their freshman year. They're, they're the top 20 in our, in our recruit ranks every time. Uh, those are, that's the only time anyone from swim swim has ever shot them was at that meet. So we, that, that's, that's how much, you know, to, to put an emphasis on what Mel said, what you do, that's how much we use those pictures. Um, yeah, that's, it's a big asset. And you got to turn it around Then you, you do all this input, then you turn it around. So that's your morning. You turn it around for the evening. So how many hours are you putting in at a swimming meet per day? All, all of all of them. I mean, <laughs> probably three, three in the morning about to shoot plus then maybe two to three between sessions editing plus then another two to three for finals then another three at night leading up to midnight until I post a vault. So probably somewhere around 10 to 12. Yeah, and half it, of that being in the sun. Yeah, it's hard. So, the, I mean, my, my, my message to most people is, is when we talk to Coleman, I mean, it's when I explain Coleman's situation, it's the same thing as your situation. It's, um, you're, you know, you're, you're working, but you're also an artist. You're capturing something that's got to be turned into some level of art. And that's blue collar, hard work, physically demanding. And it's, uh, it's not easy. And part of like, part of like making it sometimes is your ability. It's like, you can do it. Certainly you have to have a capacity and discipline to work. And, uh, so I, th I think it's, I think it's admirable. Thank you. I love yeah. it. I mean, the only thing better than actually swimming is capturing swimming. And I get to go to all these meets and do what I love. So I, it's, it's worth it. It makes time go by fast. So no, yes. I don't think of it as work. Come when you're leaning in. I don't know if you have a question. No. Uh, did you, do you have a memory or a favorite time? The first time, you know, an elite approached you and was like, Hey, I really like your picture. Can I post this on my Instagram or, you know, something like that to where you were, you, you had, you had been photographing, you had been working and you're kind of like, Whoa, they, like this person likes what I'm doing. Um, I think the first first time that happened was at NCAA's 2019. So last year, um, between sessions, Ryan Murphy had been swimming in the warm down warm up warm down pool. So he was there cheering on Cal, and I kind of just went up to the side of the pool and started taking pictures. It was pretty creepy, honestly. I should have talked to him first, but. Um, <laughs> So I started taking pictures and he noticed me and was like, oh, hey, do you want me to do anything? So I kind of directed him for a few things. But 
so I got those shots and I was the, he was the first like high level athlete I shot like where they knew who I was um and then that he posted a picture of one of those and all right yeah he posted it, I think the next day and that was the first time a big name had posted something so that was, that was awesome and then we became friends after that so that was kind of the start of me meeting all of them the Olympic people and if you're listening to this right now and you want to find Jack's work, you can always go to Swim Swam, but you can also follow him directly at Jack Spitzer, at Jack Spitzer on Instagram. You got to do it because yes. he's, he's blowing up Instagram right now. I mean, half, if you see elites post, you know, cool swim pictures of themselves, whether it be Olympians or NCAA athletes, I feel like right now half of them are from Jack Spitzer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it, it's out there. I'm, I see you everywhere. I see you working everywhere. I know I know you do. I, you, you're you're with us uh, in in terms of our photography and how you work in an editorial capacity for a news organization. We we do a a, a licensing agreement. So because so Jack owns his work. So if you come to us and be like, I love this image. I want this image. I'm gonna be like, that's great. Talk to Jack because it's um you know we we so we respect an artist's work and we want them to have ownership in it. And Jack epitomizes that. No comment, Jack? You're just like, yeah, okay. Um, well, I, I really appreciate that sort of aspect of it. Because I know that a lot of, not maybe not like sports organizations, but newspapers and things, you're, or at least like with Getty, you're like tied to that, that organization. You can't put the photos anywhere else. They own them, but I'm able to do anything I want with them, sell them to people's parents, put them up on my wall back here. And that's not typically allowed. So to be able to both shoot for you guys and have it posted on your accounts, website, and everything, and to have them be mine is a big part of kind of why I like working with you guys. Because I don't like being tied down to a certain, like, you know what I mean? I wouldn't want to have some of the people I work with make it so that I can't do anything else with the images except use with them. Yeah, it's, it's a... Um... We we can't we can't work with large platforms because they they don't you have to have an eye you have to know swimming you have to know where to point your lens and how to frame it and it takes somebody who has a strong swim background. Lewis had a strong swim background. We worked with uh, we've worked with a lot of photographers and um, but you know you, you you have that gear you have that muscle and uh, you recently did you you recently captured our latest cover for Swimsome Magazine, and just so you know, in the background when we're working on Swimsome Magazine, I'm typically annoying the heck out of Coleman going, Coleman, what do you think of this? Coleman, what do you think of that? Hey, Coleman, come take a look at this. And so, but the interface between you and I going back and forth, Jack, is it's, it's a lot. You're constantly loading pictures. You're constantly, you know, editing and changing, doing a lot of post-production. Um, it's a hard process. It's not easy. But the, you know, you recently you did the Reese Whitley cover. It's a big cover, big a big cover in in the aftermath of the murder of George Floyd, and uh, really, you know, there's no nod to what happened this summer. Although we do acknowledge it, but it's a you know he's on that cover because he's a he he's a leader at Cal, and uh, but it's a great photograph. What's your process behind finding images like that and presenting athletes to the swimming community in a certain way? Um. Well, the process with the magazine, uh, I'll be honest with you, Mel, it's, it's a lot, but it's a lot of work, but I think that it's kind of half of the reason that 
the work that I do, it looks how it is because you constantly have taught me to not just take an image, edit it and be done, but to then look at it six different ways. And for the last like six or five, five or six magazines, we've been using a lot of the same images because I haven't shot that many meets. And so that's forced me to kind of go take one image that we've used, manipulate it and make it look like a completely new image, which has pushed my creativity a long way. So that's helped me kind of learn how to just continue to push myself. And this one in particular, we knew that it was either going to be Reese or Shane Casas. So I, I think I have maybe 60 good images of Reese. Um, and so I kind of just go through every single one, rotate them, make the colors all different, whatever. Find what looks cool. And then I'll send them over to you and you'll tell me which ones are cool or not. And so I got a few, some good ones of each of them. And the Reese one, I think, just stood out because it shows his entire body and just how massive and strong he is and kind of embodies just how dominant he is in the pool but then also he got a little smile on his face and shows that he's also one of the nicest people in the swimming world and a good friend of mine so i was really happy with it you have it behind you don't you it is right here so go ahead and uh subscribe and buy it if you haven't yet what is it swimshine.com slash mag is that it or uh, yeah, forward slash magazine. I appreciate that. The um, part of the reason why I like the magazine, part of the reason why I, I like working is because you have to stop. You can't move super fast. You have to really think about your branding. You think about what you're looking, you know, what you look like and how you're presented to the entire marketplace. We can't, at swimswam.com, we're moving so fast that that doesn't always work out. Magazine gives you a chance to stop and do that. The um, personally, the reason why I, I, I value it so much is I feel like we're writing the history. We're, pre, we're presenting the history of someone's career. And you want, to, you want to memorialize them in a certain way. And I know that in your mind, when you're spending so much time, you've invested so much in the sport, you want, you, you, you want what's in your head to match what's out there in the real world. And, and, it, and it takes somebody like a Jack Spitzer, it takes the taste of someone like a Coleman Hodges, to really achieve that. And we do spend a lot of time thinking about it and, and scrutinizing it. But uh, the goal is to be larger than life. Always. That's what, that's what you always tell me is to make people really stop and look at it and make them feel an emotion, which is what I always try to do with my work is I really love making things super close up with people's faces so you can really see. So that just so it tells a story and you can really see what's going on in their life at that exact moment and if it makes you stop and say like wow and kind of connect with the image of the person in it but i think that i've done a pretty good job um it's either that or just making really cool art that you people have never really done in swimming like you had said most editorial photographers when they shoot swimming they just shoot it with with a tripod straight on but i always try to shoot either super low super high just from different angles that people don't usually think about doing in swimming because like a lot of photographers are artists and they make art with their pictures but that's not really known in sports photography I guess um so that's kind of what I'm trying to do with swimming you also do so you, I mean you also do interesting things outside of the sport and I, I mean you you were capturing a lot of the protests um, mm -hmm. This past summer, you also went and captured the fires in California. It, it kind of makes me wonder, you know, are you going to go do that again? 
it's um, well, it, yeah. <laughs> about what is it? One thirty? About an hour and a half ago, I just got back. I drove up to Alpine, which is a town here in East County, San Diego, um, where fires currently burning and has for the last six days. So I had some practice till eight. Drove up there and got back about an hour before the call. And I, when I was in two thousand seven, my entire neighborhood burned down in the Witch Creek fires, which were here, which was at the time one of the biggest in history. So that's kind of fires affected my life a lot. So I've always wanted to kind of be there to capture it, to document it. Um, so a couple years ago, I bought full fire protective gear and stuff so that I can actually be legit and go out there without a press pass. And so that's what I've been, been doing. I also drove up to Napa a few weeks ago, which is what you were talking about. Um, funny, funny thing that happened today which is completely random, but I was driving, driving back and there was like a, it looked like it was a baby in the middle of the road and like with smoke all around and stuff. And I was like, what the hell? That's not good. And so I got out and it was just a doll. And to the right was this driveway with a fence covered in dead baby dolls, like mangled and stuff. And this, a sign, it was called dead dolly lane. And I got the hell out of there right away. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That sounds yeah. like the most terrifying thing I can imagine. Was, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Is the, so, I mean, this morning I woke up yesterday, I think Nathan Adrian posted about it today. I woke up and, you know, saw on Instagram, multiple, multiple, uh, you know, Bay area based swimmers mm -hmm. posting just orange, completely mm -hmm. orange skies. I mean, it, it looks like something out of the twilight zone right now um, because the fires are so bad in, in Northern California that skies are just orange. Um, and like, that's, that's, that's the point it's gotten to. What's it like where you are, um, in SoCal and San Diego? I mean, are, is, is it, is it at that level as well? So the fire here isn't quite as big as the one up there, up there. And Friday to Sunday of this week, it got pretty, pretty smoky and like was raining ash and stuff, but it's been mostly blowing East and I'm West. So gotcha. we haven't gotten too much of it, but there's like, I think six giant ones burning up there which is what makes all the smoke um but i have we have experienced that before here it happens every year so the it's, reason a, it's a crazy crazy sight for people like you guys who are in texas probably have no idea what that is like <laughs> yeah the, the reason why i brought it up is just because it, it seems like the the journalist journalist bug bit you and photojournalism really matters and uh, you know images are what we forget big written features and it's the images that stick in our head those images tell a story and uh, I just like seeing that you're, you know, you're out shooting the protests, you're out, you know, you're capturing the fires and it's, uh, and by the way, I didn't notice it. Tiffany did. And she's like, look at what Jack's done. And <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing. Do you ever see, you know, there's, there's only a handful of people who shoot swimming. Do you ever see images that somebody else shot and you're like, ah, oh, I want it. I should have gotten that picture. And you're mad. There's a little bit of jealousy. You're like, it's not cool. I want I've, that. You get? Do you have a competitive streak? I know you do. Yes, absolutely. Um, 100. percent I'm trying to think of who. I mean, the, 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 go ahead. One, the one that comes to my mind was the picture of Sun Yang that Becca took at, at Worlds. No, oh, oh yeah, that one. I was like, why the hell isn't I there? That is an insanely creative shot. So shout out to Becca for that. Um, Say your full name. Like, Say your full name. Becca Wyatt. Um, so, guys, so Becca, and she she worked. She was a, I think, like the head of commercial and and photography for Finice, mm -hmm. and uh, and she does it. She's doing a lot of cool work now. So she's not there anymore, but she's doing. She's still doing cool stuff. Yeah, that's a, that was a big one. Um, 
I mean, things that Mike shoots all the time. Like he's he's the best in the business. So um, he and he also taught me what I know. So he's helped me push my creativity a lot. Um, Mine, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but the, she's a photographer for the ISL and Energy Standard. She's I think has very similar similar eye to me. She likes a lot of things with blue tints, super close up, high contrast. Um, so I love looking at her work, but yeah, seeing all them is both a admiring, but also like, damn, why didn't I do that? So, <laughs> um, but that's not, not just with swimming with any, I follow a lot of photographers and seeing cool shots inspires me to then go out and kind of recreate them and make them similar slash better ones. So that, well, yeah. that's, that's kind of a good point. We, I, I caught up with you just a little bit. Uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe. And, you know, you told me you have your hands in about five different pies right now, uh, including photography outside of the pool. G- you know, give me a rundown of, uh, of just what, what you are doing right now. You're, you're a recent college graduate. You, you're, this is your first year, you know, being in the professional world. And I mean, and you're doing a lot, not just, you know, you're not even photographing swimming right now. Um, but you're still, you know, working 12 hours a day. What are you up to? Uh, back in March, so right when the right when NCAAs got canceled and I was stuck at home, I started a digital marketing uh, company running digital advertising for various different businesses, uh, dentists, chiropractors, a couple restaurants. Um, in the last few months, that's grown a lot and has taken up most of my time. Um, I'm also in the middle of creating a new swimming like online masterclass kind of thing, which I'm not going to say who it's with yet, but that'll be out eventually. Um, and then, that's, and that's video. I mean, you're, you, you also yeah. produce video and you do a great job producing yep. video. That's what I want. I want I've, I've seen a lot of online swimming videos and trainings and things, but they're always kind of pretty low quality, boring videos. So I wanted to make it engaging and fun while also being educational. Um, and then doing a, very, a couple of other things like starting a cleaning a facilities management company, which is super boring, but we have machines that can vaporize a room in 20 minutes. And in light of COVID, we're starting to sell that to various property managers, people that have offices and need, need them clean fast. So like Coleman said, got a, a, quite a few different things going on, but that's how, I, how I've always lived and thrived is in doing as much as I can all the time. Um, you guys froze. I don't know if you can still hear me. Uh, you froze. I can still hear you, though. We can still uh, hear you, buddy. I think he froze. Did we lose him? We may have lost him. He might. He might. Uh, the connection might, might have been burned. Because <laughs> California looks like it's the apocalypse right now. Dude, it looks like Mad Max over there. Yeah, it does look like Mad Max over there. We the the whole the whole point of bringing Jack on was to is to really talk about the process and really get into his head a little bit, and uh, and also to, to call him out for snoring during U.S. national championships <laughs> because if you've ever roomed with somebody at a swimming meet and they're snoring, you fully understand the bitterness that lingers for months and months later because you're trying to catch up on sleep. Up, oh, we lost him. I know. So what do you want to do? He might come back in a minute. Can he come back? If he comes back, are we good? I think so. I mean, we'll lose whatever time, you know, we'll lose that minute or whatever, but we're good. How do you feel about Jack Spitzer? Now that Jack is gone, this is a unique <laughs> moment on the podcast. He's not here. We could just talk about Jack while he's gone. 
Jack's you back. Guys, you guys froze and then went away. Uh, we were just talking about you. <laughs> we're saying um, very glowing, nice things while you're well, gone. I'll, I'll record it. Did he freeze again? Oh, no. Buddy. This is perfect. This is perfect. We can just talk about Jack. I will say, oh, there's I will say this. I will say this. So we're, we're down to basically five minutes. And it's, um, you know, are there, are there things in terms of capturing swimmers in, for, with photography that, uh, you know, you don't have to give away all your tricks and, you know, the things that you do, but is there something that you haven't captured that you want to capture? He's thinking, folks. That's why he's quiet. A, that is a, I haven't captured yet. I don't know the if there's anything in particular. Oh, oh, well. Yes. So I am, I was supposed to be in Tokyo this year shooting for swim swam. Um, and I also have never shot trials officially. Um, so I'm really hoping that those happen next year. Um, never been out of the country. So I'm super, super stoked for that to happen next year. Um, but in terms of like specific things, I don't really have anything specific I want to capture, but every time I shoot, I always try to do one thing that I haven't seen before. And that's kind of my goal to kind of keep pushing and not get stuck in a in a rut is there an athlete that you like capturing more than anybody else you're like i can always every single time they show up i end up with you come back with great imagery i think that would be dressel i think i have the most most usable shots of him just because no matter what he's doing something will look cool with his tattoos and how strong he is and his dives or his jumps, like everything. It's probably Dressel. The one shot you don't have a Dressel that I don't think that you have is him doing the hop at the top of the nope. hop. You don't have the Dressel top of the hop, hop shot. Hop of the for, people, for people who don't know this and who, who, are, who are fans or part of the swimming family, but it's, when you're at a meet, uh, every time he comes up and he's racing, he does this jump where he pops up and it looks like he's flying. And it's cool. a unique thing that he does. It's like the Phelps slapping his arms. Right. Dressel does the hop. Well, and then and that's the thing about the Dressel jump is that this is like that's pretty common. Like other people do that. Like my brother does that, and I'm pretty sure Nick Fink does that. Like they they do you know one big jump to kind of get themselves ready. But it's not like dress like Dressel. He does it, and you're like, oh, that guy has a 42 inch vertical <laughs> because he levitates when he does it, and not no other swimmer does it. He's like flying that. so high, Jack. I'm a, I'm a little bit ashamed that you haven't caught him because he like hovers up there. <laughs> Every time, I think one time I was about to get it, and he had like just landed on the ground, and I messed up something on my camera, so it was totally my fault. But I was totally pissed for like a whole day, but I will get it eventually. <laughs> That's what I wanted to get into. You, we're down to three minutes. And we're finally getting to the, to the feelings. You missed that shot and you were bitter for a day because it's oh. a, it is about, it's like these, these tiny moments and you see these moments and you're like, Oh, the biggest, the, the biggest like regret I've ever had was at 2019 nationals last summer. My, my teammate Graham Haas was swimming the 200 free. He swam, I think four times before that same weekend, missed it by like two tenths, three tenths, one tenth. And he swam it, let off the relay on the very last night. Um, and I like got distracted talking to a parent or something <laughs> on the other side of the pool without my camera. And then I saw that he swam. He did the biggest like slap on the water. Everything would have been the best picture. And I, I swear for a week, I was pissed at myself and still am. So 
missing missing big moments is a big no no for me. So, I know that you're rap, you're rapid firing. You're like so when you do that. Have you ever done that? And, and how often do you come away and go? I had no idea that I captured that. That's gold. That's amazing. Oh, all the time, all the time. Because I'm not. Sometimes I'm like I'm looking in the thing, but I'm not actually paying attention. And I just know like oh, need to get this. I move to the other side. Get this. And sometimes I'll go back, look at all the photos later, and have something golden that I didn't expect. Your photographer glass is everything. The lens is everything. Um, so do you do you rent lenses or are you are you invested in all your lenses? You know what what do you, what do you do? You're down to a minute. Go go for it, buddy. Uh, I've got I've got one long lens, but I honestly hate it. It doesn't have a high enough aperture. Which look up you can look on Google what that means. Um, so I use a 70 to 200 millimeter lens, which is pretty short. Um, and so typically when I'm shooting, I'm not cut cropped at all so if you took my pictures out of my camera they'd look like crap um so i just use the uh high megapixel count on my camera to be able to crop them a lot and that's how i get around having a 600 millimeter lens at jack spitzer on instagram at jack spitzer follow him there see his images when you come to swim swam jack you're a good man we'll have to bring you back when you get another big cover sounds good now You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.